Hi, this is Elia Fishman, and welcome to the May 2022 CTSS quiz. We have 10 excellent cases for you today, so let's get started. In this case, in this patient with abdominal pain, what's the most likely diagnosis? Now you can see from the images there's something going on in the duodenum and in the gap between the duodenum and the pancreas and around the pancreatic head. So you say, what could this be? Well, autoimmune pancreatitis typically doesn't involve the duodenum. Pancreatic cancer can extend to and involve the duodenum. It does that very commonly, particularly the second portion of the duodenum with pancreatic head tumors. But here you don't see a big pancreatic mass and the epicenter of the process looks either between the pancreas and duodenum or the duodenum proper. And simply saying duodenitis would not explain the changes by the pancreas. This is a beautiful example of groove pancreatitis. Inflammation extending and involving the duodenum and the pancreas with this low density, often scalloped appearance of the space between duodenum and pancreas. It often simulates a pancreatic cancer, so it can be a real challenge in diagnosis. Sometimes the coronal views are especially helpful for reaching the diagnosis. In this patient with hematuria, the most likely diagnosis is well, we see a large mass in the left kidney, so we know we're dealing with malignancy. Yes, I could have thought about acute pyelonephritis, but then you'd have to be thinking about something like XGP, but you don't see a stack on calculus. What you really appreciate here, besides what obviously is a large kidney, is really dilated calyces. Now, lymphoma can give you a large infiltrating process of the kidneys, but typically the calyces are not dilated like in this case. Renal cell carcinoma can obstruct subtle calyces or select calyces or small calyces, but not that all of the calyces are dilated. When I see an infiltrating tumor in marked calyceal dilatation, then the diagnosis is transitional cell carcinoma. And this was a large transitional cell carcinoma of the patient's left kidney. The most likely diagnosis in this case in a patient with neurofibromatosis is well, what do I see here? I see bilateral adrenal masses. They're also cystic. Now, the one on the right and even the one on the left has an enhancing rim, so it's not adenomas. Lymphomas can be bilateral, but they're solid, not cystic. Metastatic renal cell is typically hypervascular, so that would be unlikely. And I also gave you a history of neurofibromatosis. Pheochromocytoma is a bilateral in 10% of cases one of the more common situations is in patients with neurofibromatosis. This is bilateral pheochromocytomas, just a wonderful example of several things. One, bilateral lesions in neurofibromatosis. Two, the fact we're dealing with pheochromocytomas and that that pheos can sometimes be cystic. So these are bilateral cystic pheochromocytomas. The most likely diagnosis in this patient with hypertension is well, we see a mass at the level of the aortic bifurcation that has a cystic component, but for the most part is solid and is vascular. And you can see it very nicely on the coronal view. This is near the organ of zircocondyl. Yes, it could be a carcinoid tumor just sitting there. Yes, it could be an enlarged node at the aortic bifurcation, but the patient has hypertension, so I'm giving you a little bit of a hint. So it's not gonna be carcinoid. There's no reason for hypertension. Castleman's disease can give you vascular masses or vascular nodes, but that wouldn't help with the diagnosis either. 
lymphoma, again, just one mass in lymphoma would be unlikely. This was a paraganglioma, which are typically vascular. 10% of pheos are extra adrenal, and that's what a paraganglioma is. You often see them near the pancreatic bed. They can be in the neck, but they also can be at the level of the organ of zirconcondyl, which is the level of the aortic bifurcation. And this was a beautiful paraganglioma at the organ of zirconcondyl. The most likely diagnosis in this case is, well, I see a solid mass coming off the right kidney, posterior and lower pole, and it appears to extend into the perirenal space. It doesn't have the look of a transitional cell carcinoma. Could it be a papillary cancer? I guess that's a thought. Unlikely clear cell because it's not very vascular, but it's solid. And what bothers me a bit of calling it a papillary is it looks like there's extension into the perirenal space. When I see a renal mass and there's involvement of the perirenal or pararenal space, then I gotta be thinking about lymphoma. Lymphoma is a great mimicker. This was an example of a B-cell lymphoma primary in the patient's right kidney. Just a really nice example. The most likely diagnosis in this case is, well, when you look at the kidneys, now this patient is pretty sick and you can see the patient has an ECMO catheter in the aorta. So perhaps you might say, well, maybe, just maybe it's just poor perfusion. That's a thought, but the more you look at it, you see how it's infiltrated. It's not the appearance of TCC. It's not likely a clear or papillary because whatever process it is, it's going on in both kidneys. Things in both kidneys, you can think of poor perfusion. You can think of infection. You also think of infiltrating processes. This was a patient with B-cell lymphoma. Patient also had involvement of the heart, which caused the patient to go into a poor cardiac output. Multi-organ involvement is common with B-cell lymphoma and a, a typical but beautiful example of infiltration of the patient's kidneys. The most likely diagnosis in this case is, well, in the axial images, see what looks like a dissection in the patient's distal arch, and you see associated hematoma. And if you look at the 3D cinematic oblique views, you see what appears to be a linear line through the descending thoracic aorta at the ductus region. That's a classic location for injury post-trauma. That explains everything. The hematoma, the transection. It's not a dissection, it's a transection. This patient was very lucky. They're alive. Patient eventually had a stent placed and did okay. Takayashi's aortitis is a vasculitis. Other vasculitis, giant cell can involve the aorta. Both Takayashi's and giant cell are the large vessel vasculitis, but that's not what we're dealing with here. And aortic aneurysm would not be the right diagnosis. So a beautiful example of an aortic transection at the ductus region. The most likely diagnosis in this case is, well, what you see are multiple cystic lesions throughout the lung fields. Without much wall thickening, there's no emphysema. If you had cystic fibrosis, you would have emphysematous changes and it wouldn't be so symmetric. Interstitial fibrosis is what it sounds like. Where's the fibrosis? I don't see that. Sarcoidosis, that's a thought, but it's usually asymmetric. It's more upper lobes. And this looks like the entire lung. 
And this is a great example of lymphangioliomyomatosis, multiple cystic airspaces. Just a wonderful example. In this patient with an acute abdomen who is a weak post-colonoscopy, what's the best diagnosis? When you worry about complications from colonoscopy, you think of perforation, you could think of uh, inducing diverticulitis, you could think of complications related to biopsy, you also can think of the fact that you can have splenic injury. We see a large cystic lesion in the left lower quadrant. I guess it could be a hematoma, but it's too homogeneous. I don't see anything else. Abscess, it's too well defined. I guess theoretically you can say, well, maybe it was a mesenteric cyst, just happened to be there of no consequence. But then the patient has an acute abdomen and you track this down and it's coming off the region of the left adnexa. This was an ovarian torsion in a patient post-colonoscopy. Now, what does colonoscopy have to do with ovarian torsion? Perhaps moving things around led to the torsion. Perhaps it's just an incidental finding. I think it is a reported complication of colonoscopy, though very, very rare. But that was the diagnosis. This 20-ish-year-old female had acute pain post-procedure. What's the best diagnosis? So the key, of course, is what I said to you, had a procedure. Well, when you look, the patient who's young has enlarged ovaries bilaterally. It's not an ovarian cyst. There's too many cystic lesions. Endometriosis can give you many different appearances, including cystic lesions, but usually not with so many septations. And unless you want to say the procedure was a, a, a laparoscopic procedure to look at why the patient had abdominal pain, that wouldn't explain the ovaries. It's not ovarian cancer. What this is, a patient who was infertile and they were doing ovarian stimulation. You get very large ovaries, multiple cystic changes in the ovaries due to implantation. These can rupture, you can get bleeds, we don't see that. This was a patient who had some pain, but it was post-ovarian stimulation and there were no complications noted. So with that, I've now given you 10 excellent cases for the month of May. And I hope you have a terrific month, and I hope you enjoyed the cases. Have a great day. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.